0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzzline at
1: 384-1450. And welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. We are back, ready to talk some uh, college football, NFL, NBA, Tennis, horse racing, so much going on in the world of sports. But uh, last th- yesterday, uh, I was up at it bright and early. was able to cover the UOVL and FIU game, which wasn't much of a game. 72 nothing, Louisville wins. Uh, they win pretty big, as they should have. I think this helps them out in their BCS rankings. They needed to win big. They covered. Uh, I think them and Ohio State were trying to figure out who's going to put up the most points today, and I think Ohio State did win that battle, putting up uh, 76 points on Bethune-Cookman. No, Florida AM, I'm sorry. They they went against Florida AM. So they put up 76. Louisville put up 72 last night yesterday. But I was at that game, and it was like Louisville playing against um PRP. You know, they were going against a high school team uh, out there at FIU. And you know what? It, it, it's funny. FIU, they know all these guys from the University of Louisville. They all played together in high school. You know, they, these guys are all familiar with each other. And, you know, FIU, they they actually they want to come out there and play hard against these guys they used to play with, they grew up with. But you can tell that the talent level is just on a different level at the University of Louisville. You know, the speed factor. and I, I have to be quite honest with you. I'm not impressed at all with Louisville's play calling on offense. Okay. If it wasn't for the great players in Devontae Parker, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, they're just kind of four notches on every guy who's, who, who's defending them. They would suck in offense. I, I think they need to be more explosive, uh, be a little bit more create, creative in their, in, their play, in their play calling. I'm just not impressed with the play calling at all. You know, I think this guy came from Nebraska, the current uh, office coordinator coordinator. Uh, Watson. Yeah, he came from Nebraska, but the, I'm not in, I'm not in, impressed with the play, calling. Like I said, if it wasn't for the great talent running these simple plays, it would probably be a mediocre team. But they needed to put up a lot of points. They needed to win convincingly after struggling with U.K. in the first half and last week's uh, game. I think Louisville came out, and um, they, they put on a show. I was right there on the sidelines because they got some great shots. Had Teddy Bridgewater right in my face. It was even one instance. Where I'm taking pictures, and the guy almost ran me over because I didn't realize he was that close to me when I was, uh, you know, when I had my camera shooting away at him. But it was it was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable to watch. Tough to take a bunch away from
2: it. They won seventy two nothing. Teddy Bridgewater threw, I guess you can say, padded his touchdown numbers. Threw for four touchdowns, no interceptions. Only had two hundred twelve yards, seventeen and twenty two. So offensively, there were some big runs by the running backs. Uh, you know, Dominic Brown came through with a 77-yard run. Perry had Perry a 26-yard.
1: run. I got that. I was right. That's the one that almost ran into me. He was right in front of me when I was uh, when he made that touchdown. Great run, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they they I mean they just pretty much bullied these guys the whole day, but it, they they won big, and that's what they had to do. Now, if it was like 35 or nothing, then you guys might want to be concerned. But it wasn't 72 nothing. Louisville wins big. They
2: won big. Um, defensively, I mean, you can't really complain. They got they showed that against Bums. Their depth even looks great cuz that's what it was yesterday against Bums. They struggled or they, I think they lost to Bethune-Cookman. That's why you mentioned
1: Yeah, that. they lost to Bethune-Cookman Boone, b- the week before 21 to nothing. So yeah. FIU might yeah. be the
2: worst team in all of Division 1 football. Ron yeah. Turner is a very accomplished coach. They just don't have any talent. Uh, that was a very bad team yesterday. Well, a couple things that I took away from it was on one punt return. What I'm concerned about with this team, this Louisville team, is their special teams. Now, I, I'm, you can call me a negative Nancy or whatever you want. They got an extra point blocked. One time a punt, two guys ran into each other. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into that. But I wasn't impressed with the... I mean, obviously, Charles Gaines returned a, a kick for a touchdown. That's a band-aid. That makes it your, your special teams look great. That was very highlight reel worthy and exciting. But I want our listeners to give me a call. Oxmoor, Ford lincoln buzzline 384-1450. Is there reason to be concerned about this Louisville special teams? Or am I looking too deeply into a game that wasn't competitive from the get-go and doesn't matter?
3: Um,
1: I, you know what? You're not the first person. I, I heard a couple guys in the press box yesterday say the same thing. It was Louisville special. Special teams is iffy. So you're not the, first, not the first person I heard say that. So it may uh, raise some reason for concern uh, moving forward. When they, Well, I was going to say if they play tougher games, but they don't have any tougher games left on the calendar. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if they sweep through the, the calendar uh, the rest of the season like they should, will it be a concern in the big game if they make it to the big game?
2: I thought Will Gardner looked pretty good, backup quarterback. You know, he's a big six foot five, pro style. He's got the pro look. He's got the strong arm. He was five for five. Kind of reminds me of Ryan Mallett. Okay, yeah, a yeah, big bit, guy, big guy, yeah. a cannon of an arm. Not very agile. Uh, to say Ryan well, Mallet.
1: <laughs> what's that? I said yeah, we that's Ryan, you of Ryan. I know, Mallett. yeah, <laughs> and that
2: sounds like Ryan Mallett. Um, but. And I'm looking past this season now, but Will Gardner's obviously the heir apparent to Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't have the legs that Teddy has, but he he appears to have the the ability to throw the ball, which is really what this offense is is predicated on. I mean, they throw the ball, they get it around, they they throw it up. They'll have another year of Devontae Parker next year. You got to think Devontae will be back for his next season. <laughs>
1: He's on the brink right now of breaking the all-time touchdown record. Yes, uh, set by Abin Green, who currently holds it at thirty. Who I grew up with, male uh, product. Yeah, Ab- Abin grew up around the corner for me uh, in Shavley. so I want the I want the title to stay home with you know the homegrown guy and Abin Green. Devontae uh, Parker is a uh, ne- yeah, ballad yeah, well, broom. I mean the neighborhood guy. He's okay. yeah he's the neighborhood guy. So he currently holds it at thirty. And I got a I got a uh, uh, a side bet, a gentleman's bet. I think it's a, just a beer, it's a gentleman's bet. Okay. That he would not break it this year. Someone seems to think that he's going to break that record this year. How many is he behind? Uh, he's at 21 right now. He's at 21, and yeah. Ivan so Green he needs nine, is at what? He's at 30. So he needs nine right now, to, uh, nine to tie, 10 to break this this season. So he needs 10 more With that more schedule, touchdowns. man—
2: I don't see a reason why he won't get two touchdowns a game the rest of the way. If they threw the ball to him enough, he could. You never know. Teddy does spread it around. Chris Redman would just throw it to Ivan Green every play. Uh-huh. I mean, not every play, but you know what I mean. He was his, yeah. He was his guy. Yeah. from high school. I mean, they they had chemistry, and that. that but. And you can't take anything away from Ibron from Green.
1: Devontae Parker had a great touchdown uh, at the corner of the end zone. I got that on camera. Did you? So, uh, I'm pretty sure that'll be posted on the website soon. You guys can, tune, can check out the footage of that. They
2: overturned the call. They originally yeah. said, no, that's not a touchdown. Yeah. They come back. I, and,
1: yeah, yeah, that was a touchdown. That was impressive. Yeah. You great. could tell. You, all, you say he right right all he did that catch touchdowns. That's all he does. he wasn't moving the chains the entire game. He doesn't move the chains. He doesn't get you first downs a lot. But he catches a lot of touchdowns.
2: Let's see what his numbers were on the day. Six receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. One thing I did see from Devontae yesterday, I think it was this 40-yard reception, is he has breakaway speed. He caught a ball, and he broke. I mean, I was like, well, he's a—and um, this is—I always reference NFL. He's a Keyshawn Johnson type, Mike Williams, big—I I shouldn't say possession receiver. He's a big guy who catches the ball and then goes down almost uh-huh. to tight end. Yeah. But he caught the ball in the middle of the field, and he cut a a corner, and he was gone, 40-yard reception. He has breakaway speed. He may not have the footwork of a guy like Keyshawn Keyshawn Johnson. You don't see
1: him in a slot a lot.
2: You don't. You see him being targeted in the end zone. That's really all he does. (laughs) But but I was impressed that he apparently does have true breakaway speed.
1: Yeah. So what's next for Louisville's uh, uh, road to glory uh, with this cupcake schedule that they have? What, what, I mean, <laughs> the, is there anything they look forward to? I, they any, they games, look, any games look forward to coming up with Louisville? Any, any game you're looking forward to, particularly with Louisville?
2: I'm looking forward to the next one.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: no. I don't know. I mean, do you mean, is there any games that will challenge them? You they're know playing what?
1: Rutgers I, in two weeks. I look forward to seeing Teddy Bridgewater win. The, I actually am rooting for him to win the Heisman this year. OK, Uh I think he fell behind last week with the game against Kentucky. This week's game, I think he probably needed a, maybe five touchdowns to really be put up there. But I'm looking forward to him and his his race to the uh, the Hasman. I hope he brings the Hasman to Louisville. I really do. This is coming from a Kentucky fan. I actually they play Temple in a,
2: at Temple in a couple weeks. And this should be um,
1: another seventy-two uh, nothing, seventy-two to nothing game.
2: Against, we'll see. I mean, yeah. there's not going to be any tough ones. You, uh, Central Florida plays against South Carolina next week. If Central Florida could somehow knock them off, um, you know, there would be some actual ratings value to their schedule. Mm-hmm. Probably won't happen. Uh, Clowney and Steve Spurrier
1: got a pretty good team at
2: South Carolina this year, and yeah. they're not going
1: to lose to Central Florida. Yeah, and Connecticut loses again. 0 and 3, so it's a garbage schedule.
2: There's no way around it. It is a
1: garbage schedule. I thought Connecticut going into the season would you know be a good matchup for Louisville, but the way it looks, they're they're done.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, Central Florida beat Penn State last week. If Central Florida can knock off South Carolina next Saturday,
1: that is a legitimate team. They got to be ranked really high, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't they play Louisville last year? No. Let's see. The, the, I'm saying those Florida teams usually give Louisville a little trouble in the first half. You know they always end up winning, but like I said, these guys are all familiar with each other and they know each other, so I think they it's kind of like a rivalry, internal rivalry, rivalry for them to go in and, and, and put on a good game. But like I said, Louisville, uh, the rest of the schedule is pretty, uh, pretty cupcake. But Indiana Mike is back on the on the uh, oxmoor Ford Lincoln line. Indiana Mike.
4: Good morning, gentlemen, again. Hey, I hate go. I hate to start. I'm going I guess I'm gonna open a can of worms this morning. I don't think Bridgewater's gonna win a Heisman Trophy.
2: You okay. don't think he's going to? No. Who Who is AJ okay. McCarron? And And that's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a Cards fan, Mike, and I'm not gonna argue with I, you about that. I, I I don't think he'll win the the Heisman either. Do you think McCarron will win it or, or Manziel, or someone else? No,
4: I think the, I think the kid in Florida Florida's gonna win it. Quarterback of Florida State,
2: the 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 redshirt freshman, freshman. Uh, Winston, uh, yes, Jameis Winston. Okay, yeah, I I, I, mean, I, I don't I'm, I don't disagree with that. The ACC might be the second toughest conference out there this year in college football. In the the redshirt freshman Jameis Winston has looked very sharp.
1: What 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 about nobody's talking about the kid from uh, Michigan? The number nine,
4: Devin Gardner. Yeah, nope, yeah, Devin. Don't get me wrong, I mean if, if Lou if had a strong schedule, then Teddy and uh he'd be hiding Tyson because uh got a cupcake schedule this year in football, you know. Put to on the table, you know, but they run against Ohio State they're gonna get in trouble.
1: The Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, the Ohio that, that'll State. be that'll be an interesting game if if they if if they're able to both meet uh on the road to glory. It'll be a very interesting game.
4: And uh, and, and I'm quick, quick to promo. wrong. But Notre Dame from Louisville
1: next year? Oh yeah. Oh no, they go to the South Bend next year.
4: Is that right? I yeah. thought they come to. I thought
1: they come here. No, it's in South Bend. Is that right, Keller? I believe um, it's in South Bend. It's it's in 2000.
2: Yeah, it's next year. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Notre Dame wouldn't come here.
2: Eventually, they will. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, not, they will. Not, not for they, a first they're, game. They're contractually not obligated to. No, not. But yeah.
1: but they will. Not for a first time meeting. It's gonna have to be. In yeah, all. but I mean. Irish territory.
4: If you put Lowe in the SEC was strong football, basketball country, then 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 Ben, 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 ben Teddy's a strong territory for, for the Heisman Trophy. But Lowe's got a cupcake schedule, then, you know, there's no you know there's not plenty of competition.
1: Yeah, and I I see what you're saying on that, but what he has to do, and uh, it kind of did what he did yesterday, four touchdowns, four mm-hmm. to five touchdowns a game. Right. That'll keep him in the hunt. He, he needs
2: more <laughs> yards, though. He needs some actual passing yards. I mean, that was – What, 200 and whatever, however many yards he had um, yesterday isn't going to cut it. I don't disagree with you, Indiana, Mike. I don't think Teddy's going to win it either. I like the idea of Louisville going undefeated. And, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it. By default, squeaking into a big-time bowl game and having two consecutive BCS victories to end the BCS era go out. Going out like champs, going out and winning two BCS games, and and hopefully beating up on another SEC team. That's what I'm <laughs> looking for.
4: Sure, no question. But but uh, you know next year they have their, their next year, they'll have or say how strong they are on football when they go in, when the ACC.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens because there will be no Teddy Bridgewater next year. I will tell you that. He, he very you, well you may be, be so? a Cleveland Brown, which we'll talk about
4: later. You think so?
1: Oh yeah, this is his last year. Yeah. yeah he, you
4: know, he, I mean, just. Just far say he don't win. The, just say, just say he don't win the Trophy. You think he come back next, next year and, and get and, and get the Heisman Trophy? Or nah. think he'll go this year? Go hell for, no!
1: I'd th- th- go for the money right I think now. He's gone. Too many teams need a quarterback in the NFL right now. He's uh, <laughs> the, him and Menzel and I think a, another kid. I can't think of his name. He's he's a hot commodity right now. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh right, thanks, Indiana
2: Mike. Good stuff there. I, yeah. I I don't. It brings up a good point. You know, it's easy to get kind of laid back with me. I, I watch, you know, watch the games. You know, I'm I'm following the cards. Um, not real exciting because they don't have much of a schedule. But I don't disagree with Indiana Mike. I don't think Teddy's going to win the Heisman.
1: I mean, do you think he's got a shot at winning the Heisman, Carlo? Like I said, if if he can continue to put up four to five touchdowns a game, he can be in the conversation. Definitely in the conversation. If he gets invited to the ceremony, that would be yeah. you know substantial. Like I said, for the city of Louisville, I think it would be good if he uh you know if he was able to do it, but.
2: For recruiting, for the future of the program. What I like, and this is a whole different topic. I want to encourage our listeners, call us. Oxmoor, Ford, Lincoln, Buzzline, 384-1450. What I like is, although Teddy Bridgewater is carrying this team, I like that, unlike when we had Petrino, Charlie Strong is building this team the way he wants to build it, which is a strong base, a foundation of a strong defense with
1: depth. Oh, I thought you were going to go back to these rules that... Uh Pretty much, basically, basic moral m- rules that he goes by. No, I'm not. I thought that was <laughs> I the I foundation he was about talking about. No, okay. no, 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 no. All right.
2: please proceed. <laughs> you were going to be disgusted with me. Yeah, I thought you were no, going to say
1: I, the four I principles.
0: I don't play the moral card, <laughs> Car- okay. Carlo. I, I don't. Right.
2: If someone s- claims that they're morally better than someone else, or they're, they've got values, I'm not even going to talk about it. I think I don't disagree with Charlie doing it. You kind of got to do it. You're you're a politician. There's certain things you have to do. You have to appease your fan base or your supporters or or your boosters. You have to. Mm-hmm. Put an image out. That's a whole different topic. What I like is unlike when Bobby Petrino was the coach of this Louisville team. And we saw Louisville reach heights they had never reached before. They based everything on their offense. What I like about Charlie Strong is we are going into the ACC next year, which is going to be like night and day as far as difficulty of schedule. Different than this year. I like that Charlie Strong is building a defense that is beastly. And they've got depth. Do you think I'm exaggerating there, Carlo? I think that this Louisville team truly is building their defense to have some great athletes and some, some maybe some spunk. I mean, they they've got Freakish yeah. Burgess. I mean, they've got I, I Gerard Holloman. Even I mean, I mean all yeah, sorts of guys on that defense, young and old. Marcus Smith, uh, Malden. These guys can get after the quarterback, and their secondary is good too. I know Hakeem Smith has started thirty whatever games in a row, and he'll be gone next year. But they've got depth, and and and. I think that is how you do it in college football. Nick Saban builds Alabama. They've got a great defense. You've got to have a defense. Charlie Strong's building
1: that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's no surprise with Charlie Strong being a defensive man coach. He's a defensive coordinator of Florida, a great coordinator. So he, uh, I think, of course, his focus is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, what I'm worried about, as I said earlier, is the play calling. I'm not impressed with the play calling of the uh, – I'm not impressed by the, by the play call of, of the current offensive coordinator. If it wasn't for the high level of talent that the University of Louisville has, it would be a mediocre offense.
2: It's a definite point that a lot of Cards fans agree with that. You know, they love – everybody loves the flashy Bobby Petrino play calling. Everybody loves – Oh, the, the air raid that doesn't even exist
1: for UK. <laughs>
2: air raid with the air raid horns. Give me a yeah. break. We're going to head to a break <laughs> here. On the other side, we got a couple callers lined up. Very active morning. Carlo Kellum, Kelly Patrick, we'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
1: And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with their host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo, Carlo Kellan. We're going to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We have the professor on the line. Professor, what's on your mind today? School us.
5: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I believe it's my first time calling. I uh, just want to let you know, guys, you got a good show going on. All and, right. Uh, appreciate it. I, uh, I want to know who's ahead of U uh, of L in the top, I guess, what, top seven? Or are U of L even in the top seven? Are they like number six or seven? I think
2: AP top twenty-five. Louisville's number seven. LSU's number six. Number five is Stanford. Ohio State is four. Clemson is three. Oregon is number two, and of course, the Almighty Alabama is number one.
5: Well, what about Stanford? What are they ranked?
2: Stanford is ranked fifth.
5: Fifth. Okay, that means that Oregon plays. Stanford in three weeks. So okay. one of those teams are going to come off. down on the polls. Yep. And let me see. Actually, these uh, these couple uh, games that were going on yesterday, that kind of helped the Big East. Rutgers went in and uh, what's the name? I almost pulled it out last night. Uh, it, uh, not Michigan. Uh, the team that played Michigan, who was it? Yukon. Yeah, UConn. Uh-huh. Yeah, they kind of helped out the Big East a little bit. Um, man, I I know about uh, L schedule and all, but, man, if, if they can at least just keep winning and don't lose, I mean, hopefully they can play like an Oregon or Stanford. Well, hopefully not Stanford, man, like an Oregon or, you know, like a high-class team. And um, I just want to let you guys know, uh, what, what do you all guys feel about Michael Vick and maybe making the playoffs and the Eagles and all that hang up? Thanks.
1: All right. Thanks, uh, thanks to the professor. Uh, that was a great uh, question by the professor. What about Michael Vick? Well, you know, I was a believer in Mike, but he is <laughs> no a longer. turnover machine. I mean, that you can only give him so much, you know, so much rope on. I mean, he just turns the ball over too much, too many turnovers, too many careless mistakes. And in the National Football League, turnovers equals losing. You look at a guy like Alex Smith; he hasn't turned the ball over once this year, and Kansas City's three zero. So last year, Michael Vick led the NFL in turnovers, and he didn't even play the whole season, I believe. He had 21 turnovers total, I think uh, 10 interceptions, 11 fumbles. I mean, it's just too consistent. He's a consistent turnover machine. So, I, I mean, if he, I, I really see Chip Kelly yanking him and putting in one of these young guys that move forward with the future. Does, Maybe give him a couple more games. If he doesn't improve after that, he's done.
2: Does Chip Kelly look like he's a bust Is a head coach, as an NFL coach? I mean, he went in and he was well, like, I'm Belichick-type level genius. I'm not even going to kick an extra point. I'm going for two. No, he, he, and people are like, what the hell are you doing, Chip? No, no, no. That's what, And then he doesn't get it. No, I mean,
1: he, he has the tools in place. He has the, the, the exact players that he needs to run his offense with McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, even Michael Vick. Uh, even against the loss against San Diego, they put up over 30 points. They put up a lot of points that game. They scored the ball, on, You know, losing on the last second field goal. But turnovers is what's killing them. That's what's making them lose games right now is not being careful and being careless with the football. And Michael Vick is a majority of that problem. So the only way to fix that situation is to replace the quarterback. You can win games, in my opinion, and this
2: goes back to a a debate that I've had with many people that we don't have to get into today, but I think you can win games with your quarterback throwing a lot of interceptions. He just has to throw a lot of touchdowns, too. (laughs) He said, I don't know about
1: that. A lot of interceptions? Yes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think you can win games with Brett Favre as your quarterback. Well, <laughs> I think you can win Super Bowl with Brett Favre as Brett your quarterback. Brett Favre is s- different. Okay, Peyton Manning throws a lot of interceptions. Your boy Eli Manning throws lots of interceptions. They they spread the field out. They change the game. They okay. can throw it deep. They
1: throw a lot of interceptions, but they don't fumble the ball a lot. Yeah, okay. That's fair. So when you're throw throwing picks and fumbling the football, that that pretty much doubles your turnover rate. That's fair. If you don't have the
2: spread-the-field type deep Accuracy that Eli has, which is, I think Joe Flacco has it a little bit, and I think Teddy Bridgewater will have it. If you don't have that and you're turning the ball over, mm-hmm. there's no nobody's got a place for that in the NFL. There's no there's no place for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I which like kind of what
2: it comes down yeah. to with Michael Vick in my eyes. If you're spreading the field and you turn it over some, you can deal with it. You got uh, you know maybe Deshaun Jackson or the other speedy uh, receiver they got spreading the field, changing the game. But what Michael Vick's doing is, is just unacceptable and, and not NFL starter material.
1: Yeah, and if, and if it doesn't pan out this year, I think he'll find a team. I think he'll be, you know, maybe like a Randall, Cop, Randall Cunningham for his last few a few years in the NFL. Oh, yeah, great he'll backup. He'll find somebody to pick him up. A great, and backup. He may get another opportunity somewhere if someone gets hurt. But, I mean, this is, I mean, it's sink and swim. I mean, he's he has to show something in this next game. And it's not – they have a tough game coming up also. I mean, it's not a – I got to pull up who they're going against, but it is a tough game that they have coming up next uh, Sunday. You know, they're not playing today because they played on Thursday night. But Michael Vick's – the Michael Vick experience is wearing off. You put him on a team, like,
2: I don't know, what's a dominant um, defense, the Niners or the Seahawks. I know neither of those teams need quarterbacks. But I'm just using them as yes. examples as maybe the best defenses in the NFL. If you put Michael Vick on a team like that, can you still, still got to protect the football? Yeah, that's true. Trent, <laughs> and, Dilfer, yeah. Trent Dilfer wasn't very good, but yeah, yeah. he didn't he, turn it he, over. He didn't that turn month.
1: it over. Just like Alex Smith, Kansas City, three zero, no turnovers. Next week he has Denver. So if he can go up and put up a guest show against uh, Peyton Manning and beat Denver at Denver, at Malhouse Stadium, where the wind—I mean, where the air is a little thinner then he can uh, probably spare his starting job in the next few weeks. Man, that Denver
2: team is, is losing pieces, and it's looking more and more like an old Colts team to me. They lost their starting left tackle due to injury for the rest of the season. Where's Vaughn Miller? Is Vaughn Miller back? Vaughn Miller is out,
1: but Roger Yeah, Goodell's trying to throw in another two games. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get it for eight. So right now they're going back and forth with that scenario. So You know, it, you know, you know we do have an interview coming up here uh, shortly. And it's something a little odd that uh, you know people aren't used to hearing about, but it's, it goes on. I think it's interesting. So we'll leave that as a surprise at uh at the 15 minutes before the hour. Good stuff. You know my
2: Bengals play today at one o'clock. Um, and it's football related, by the way. Oh, okay, football related. Football related. Yeah. Bengals play the Packers today. Both one and
1: one. Um, you, know, you got to say a key game for both squads. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith was really dogging Andy Dalton this past week really? on our first take. I'm okay with that. And I like Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. He said he's the weak link on the team. I, that's, I mean, he may, he may be. You think so? Yeah.
2: What, what, what kind of player do you think Andy Dalton is? Like I'm a him. lifelong Bengals fan. I like him. I think he's than better like quarterback. Him.
1: I think he's better than Carson Palmer.
2: I think, he's better than, oh okay.
1: yeah. I think he's better than Carson Palmer.
2: I don't think he has the deep ball, the, the type of deep ball spread the field arm strength and accuracy that a Eli Manning, that a Joe but Flacco, that a, Carson, a prime Carson Palmer had.
1: He doesn't have to. He has, he has a green and a Grisham. I mean, he, he, he has great playmakers who can catch the, just go up and catch the ball. And he's got the eye for Just like wide receivers say, just throw it up right and I'll get it. That's all he needs to do. But, but receivers of that caliber. Yeah. I mean, he, may, he very well may have the best wide receiver in the, game, in the and I, game. And I think they're one of the best. He's on my fantasy league, and he does not start. But I think they're one of the best uh, QB wide receiver talents. One of my favorite. Like why the, why doesn't he start?
2: Why doesn't he start? Who starts? I got game? Andrew Luck. <laughs> you got Andrew Luck, and that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. He's a key piece of that. Uh, I don't have a problem with Stephen A. Smith ripping Andy Dalton apart.
1: And that's your team, so I, I, you know more than me. No, I, I mean, he's good, don't get me wrong, and
2: I love what Jay Gruden's doing up there. I love Giovanni Bernard score on the game last week. That was very impressive. Two Monday touchdowns 19.
1: as a rookie. He's the first rookie, I know this is a useless stat, but he's the first rookie uh, for the Bengals to score two touchdowns 16. on a Monday night football game since 1975.
2: Wow, I wonder who that was. Interesting, u- useless know. fact. Wow. <laughs> I was very impressed with him. He looks to me like a little Darren Sproles Maybe, maybe a little bit of a Brian Westbrook or you know something like that. Uh, a receiver out of the backfield who's just got just wheels. That guy is fast. And, and I like what they're doing offensively. I don't know if Andy Dalton is that elite. Lo- I don't even know if he's a Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford's got the deep ball arm that Andy Dalton has. I'm a big believer in Eli Manning may suck and it, people may be down on him. Mm-hmm. He spreads the field. He throws the ball deep. You got to respect that. That changes your defense. Your safety has to line up in a different spot. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. But this Dalton is, doesn't have that.
1: This is the, the well he's going to prove it this year because this is the, his best chance of getting Cincinnati to win the division mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh being down. Baltimore's defense is terrible. Uh, who else we have in the division? And uh, Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just a, a laugh right there. So there's no even reason to go into conversation about Cleveland. But on the line, Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We've got Carolina Steve.
4: Well, gentlemen, it looks like uh, Louisville's going through their high school schedule now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, Dabo Sweeney had South Carolina State, and he put Ty's Boyd on the bench. and didn't even play him in the second half.
2: They did. Why? Louisville did play Teddy pretty late in the game yesterday. A lot of people were expecting him to only maybe play one series in the, you know in the second half, stuff like that. They left him in for a while.
1: They wanted yeah, him to was, get his I numbers. I about surprised by that. Yeah.
2: What do you think of that, Carolina? Do you think that that's uh, a, a bad coaching move to leave Teddy in that long? That or, or did they very, do what they needed to do?
4: Very unsportsmanlike. Wow. I come from a long line. My dad was a coach. And he said, don't kick a man when he's down. And leaving him in there is the same thing. He had other people. What if Teddy gets hurt? He needs to develop his other ones. Uh, Coach Sweeney put Stout in there when Taj Boyd was on the sidelines helping to, helping out with Stout. So it's uh, I just don't like it and everything. And by the way, yesterday Johnny Football had two touchdowns rushing and I, uh, I think two passing yesterday. So uh, he painted his stats and he played SMU. Do you know who SMU's offensive coordinator is? Hal Mummy. That is correct. It was the. Running shoot, and air raid versus Johnny Football.
2: Do they have to put up with those ridiculous air horns? I I guess at SMU maybe they do, but maybe they actually run an air raid style of offense. The air horns, air raid horns for Kentucky,
1: I mean, they're about driving me nuts. Yeah, I mean, until we start producing air raid type quality offense. Leave them. Yeah, leave them off. Well, you got to be a big be, Dabo Swinney fan
2: there, Carolina, with your foundation as being an Alabama guy. And obviously with – I mean, what do you think of Dabo Swinney? Where does he rank in the coaches nationally? How great is Dabo Swinney?
4: He is not in the top ten. Okay. He's uh, he's, not, hes not the best coach that's ever coached at Clemson. Best coach ever coached at Clemson was Danny Ford, who won the national championship. And then he uh, – But I think he's doing a good job. He's doing something that uh, Coach Bowden never could do, winning big football games against SEC. And so uh, that's, you know, the thing. But the football game I enjoyed more than any yesterday was a team that Louisville will be playing next year. Who's that? Tech, Virginia Tech. I love to see the games. In the mud, in the rain, that is real football there. And we saw a little beaver ball yesterday. I believe he he blocked one punt for a touchdown, and then they blocked a field goal. So uh, we saw a little beaver ball there. And Did you notice when he scored in the third overtime, he went for two? (laughs) Or did he have to go for two?
2: I didn't see that.
4: Yeah, but uh I think it's on the third overtime you have to go for two points.
2: Okay. No, Virginia a tech...
4: report next week on the on the drag racing that a certain man's going to see. Exactly.
1: Carlos going today, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be out at uh the drag racing today, Ohio Valley Speedway. My first time going out. I'll get a lot of pictures. Hey man, I'm worn out. It's been a long weekend. Eventful weekend. This is my last event. Of the weekend, uh, the end it, but I'm excited about it. Hard, hardest racer. working man in sports journalism, Carlo Kelly. Hey, man, like Video Colleon said, this is the life I chose. I'll make no apologies for it.
4: <laughs> well, I, I wish y'all a lot of luck. Uh, they're running at uh, New Hampshire today in the uh, NASCAR circuit and everything. And uh, who, uh, who does uh, Louisville play next week?
1: They're off next week, and then they come back with. Um, I think it's Brandeis Middle School. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a powder puff Football League. I don't know. Well, man. let me
4: tell you what, what y'all need to watch, and this will let you know how good that uh, their opponents are going to be. The old ball coach plays the coach who, uh, who couldn't remember on his resume what he took in college, if you know what I'm talking about.
2: Who's that? Who's, who's Central, Central Florida. Florida? What's his name? Is that O'Brien?
4: No, no, it's – uh. Ken Gailey, I think. Or okay. Something like that. He, uh, but he they're going to play uh, UN, uh, the, the Gamecocks next week. So you'll get a kind of a view of what the, uh, Louisville will be playing against and everything. And the one thing that worries me about Louisville, they can go blow through all their opponents and not have a close game and everything and get into the bowl game. And these teams that have been grinding, mudding it out with tough games. They will have an advantage over Louisville in
6: that. They so could have uh, an
2: advantage. I'm holding out for my theory, Carolina, is that Louisville will be healthy. They'll have their starters healthy. These other, They'll go and they'll play against an SEC team or, or an AC, ACC team who has a lot of injuries, and Louisville will just pounce on them and destroy them. That's my theory, Carolina. What do you think of it? I don't
4: think so. <laughs> I think the ACC, they have the depth. And they have everything. I see some good teams. I watched uh, Georgia Tech and uh, Carolina yesterday was a good game. Maryland, uh won and I was very happy to see Rutgers come back and beat uh uh oh Arkansas in that one. So it's gonna be a pretty good football game wherever uh, whatever you know you go to and everything. And uh y'all have a good weekend and next week I believe bus camp brings the uh Gators to, tie, uh, to Catville, So it's going to be fake. Wouldn't it be something if Kentucky upset them and Charlie Strong went to Florida next year? Y'all have a good
2: day. Thanks a lot, Carolina. Great call there. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back with Brian the Insider with more Weekend
0: Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz
3: Line.
1: And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. Little horse racing dudes going on on the the line. We have Brian the Insider. Brian, how's it going? Big day in horse racing yesterday.
4: Yeah. Good morning, fellas. How are you doing? Love the show. Thank you
1: very much, Brian. What what has you buzzing
2: for our 1450 The Sports Buzz listeners this weekend?
7: Well, I want to talk a little horse racing, as I always do, but I can't help but jump back in on a conversation I just heard, and I've heard it a few times this week. Uh, Carolina Steve brought it up again. And that is this. uh, I guess it's a hope and a prayer that a lot of fans. uh, I first heard it from a couple Kentucky fans, and now I hear it. I guess from an ACC fan that somehow Kentucky's going to beat Florida, and then Florida's going to hire Charlie Strong, and Charlie's just going to jump all over Florida, even though he's they passed him over for head coach. They never even interviewed him, and uh, that's the savior to get Louisville back into the Ron Cooper era. I think it's wishful thinking, guys. Uh, Charlie is a loyal guy. He got his start here from Louisville. They've upped the ante. He's not going anywhere, and if by chance he did, because it's America and you can go wherever you want, Louisville will be that much better for him, and it will give an opportunity for a Ron Dugans or a, some kind of new uh, coach to step up. But Charlie's not going anywhere, guys. Worry about your own program. Let's talk about horse racing. Uh, <laughs> I've been out to Churchill Downs the last couple of days, and uh, a little disappointed with the small field. It's been quality racing, but uh, did, the, did, the, did the double yesterday, Went watched, uh, I guess, Florida-bound Charlie Strong lead the, the Louisville <laughs> program and just pounded a really weak uh, Florida. I mean, the punter was the worst punter I've ever seen live, and that's... Including any high school or junior high games I went to, they had a guy come out at halftime for a punt pass and kick deal that did a nice job, and he punted the ball about thirty yards longer. I, I was kind of expecting to see him suit up for Florida International in the second half, but uh, pretty poor. Uh, amazing how quick that program fell down. And and one last one on football before I get the the lowly o, OU Bobcats that everybody wanted to kick kick by is now three and one after. Uh, Three real nice wins after they got thumped by uh, Louisville. So maybe, uh, maybe some of these teams Louisville's pounding, with the exception of Florida International, are better than they look, and Louisville's just that powerful. But uh, I wanted to also talk about what's happened in the three-year divi- three-year-old division in horse racing. Will Take Charge, uh, who ran in all three Triple Crown races and didn't hit the board in any of them, has really come on strong And uh, won the Travers, as I reported on the program uh, a couple weeks back. But yesterday, in very impressive fashion, took the Pennsylvania, the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby. uh, And now he's shaping up as maybe one of the best horses running. Uh, So he's, uh, I think they're going to just train him up to the Breeders' Cup Classic. So uh, uh, the very classy will take charge out of the great, take charge lady, grade one winner, multiple grade one winner at Churchill Down, take charge lady. Uh, he is really starting to look like uh, D. Wayne Lucas may hit pay dirt again in the Breeders' Cup Classic. But I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the the horse that is really setting himself apart, and that's Wise Dan, another impressive win last Sunday up at Woodbine. And he is really looking like a horse for the ages. He just keeps crushing the fields he's in. He keeps setting course records. Uh, I'm hoping he runs uh, in the Fayette at uh opening weekend at Keeneland next month or he may just go right into the breeders cup uh but he's a reigning horse of the year and he looks like he's done better with age and he's if for anybody that that loves horse racing you've got to check out what wise dan's doing very very impressive guys
1: well it's, i i i know uh will take charge has been referred to by punters as the one as the race horse who will make one powerful run so i'm i'm yeah. looking forward to seeing this horse uh in the future and, and uh is he a triple crown uh, runner? Is he a triple crown threat, or what? I mean, does he well, have... Well, no,
3: the triple
7: crown's over. He, ran, he he did his damnedest. He ran in all three triple crown oh, races. Okay. Dwayne, Wayne, after the uh, last race, that he just... And here's what happens, guys, with three-year-olds. Sometimes it takes them a while to develop, and that's exactly what's ha- taken uh, with uh, Will Take Charge. Wayne said he's grown more in his three-year-old season. He's spilled out. He's gotten bigger and stronger, and you're 100% correct. He comes with one kick, and he is just coming into his own. You know, a lot of times the Triple Crown and the Derby isn't the best three-year-old. It's just the best three-year-old on the first Saturday in May. And a lot of times later in the year, the really great classic horses develop, get bigger, and get stronger. And we all know that horses get better in their late in their three-year-old or four or five. I'm talking about why Dan, why Dan six. So, I mean, uh, it's really, uh, but the problem is so many of them are so valuable with studs. That we don't get to see them race past that because they get retired after the Derby or they get retired after their third year, and we don't get to see them when they really mature and really turn into great race horses. And that's in their four, five, six, seven, maybe sometimes even their eight-year-old campaign.
2: Now, Brian, you know, mentioning horses who don't necessarily excel during the Triple Crown, but after their three-year-old uh, campaign, they go on to greatness. The first one that comes to my mind is Cigar. Are either of these horses possibly in a Cigar type territory?
7: That's a great question, Kelly. Uh, uh, actually, Wise Dan is. Will take charge is not. If you recall, Cigar won 16 consecutive races, and they were on on every track and every. They t- he took them all on, and he flew wherever he had to go, and he you just he just lined them up and he beat them. Wise Dan is starting to get into that rare company as Cigar. He's won, I believe, nine in a row. He finished in a dead, just lost by a head, Bob uh, last year in the Stephen Foster, and has won nine straight races, all top graded runs. Uh, he's done it. He's he's one of the few horses uh, right there with Lava Man uh, that has won big races on all three surfaces: poly, grass, and conventional dirt. I mean, he he is just an ultra impressive horse, and he looks to be getting better. The trainer. Uh, out of, uh, Lexington just says he thinks he's getting better and better. And, uh, he's the good thing about wise Dan is that they're expecting to run him a couple more years. And he is just an automatic, uh, bank machine. I mean, they can go anywhere and just cash checks. And, uh, he's now won over $5 million. He's not in cigar company yet, but he's getting close. And he's probably the most sensational horse, in my opinion, that we've seen in many years on the, in, in racing.
2: Wow. Well, the Derby point standings, you know, although very early and, and not much weight really has went into them yet, there's four horses who have uh, accumulated any Derby points. Claiborne, Adele Roman's horse, has 10. Smart cover with four. Tapiture with two. Ride on curling with one. Any of those horses stand out to you as legitimate, um, you know, triple crown and Derby type contenders? Or is it still too early or, or way too early to even get into those type of discussions as of now?
4: Yeah,
7: it's, it's awful early. If you look back traditionally, uh, those all those points came out of the Churchill, out of the Iroquois. Uh, right on Curlin has got a lot of buzz about him. I tell you, Dwayne's sitting on a horse, I believe his name's Strong Mandate, uh, that has won very impressively at Saratoga. And he looks like the real deal. He's training at Churchill Downs. Actually, I haven't heard, but he worked this morning. I was going to go out there and watch him. He... Uh, he looks like he may be the real deal, but as we all know, it is really, really early. And traditionally, a lot of these horses fade out, fizzle out. And the way that Churchill Downs has the point system structured, it really is uh, bottom weighted towards those horses later in the three, you know, later uh, going into spring of, of 14 that really can gather the points to get in there. So, real early, but it is the clock's ticking. Uh, horses, there's a lot of two year olds. This coming Saturday is closing, uh, actually Sunday, a week from today is the closing day of the meet at Churchill, but it's going to be a night card Saturday night. They're going to run a, a down at night racing and, uh, they're going to have some good, uh, two-year-old stakes there. And then Sunday is, uh, a bunch of two-year-old races. So, uh, they're getting out. Uh, we've seen, uh, the last couple of days I was out there. I saw quite a few, uh, two-year-olds getting going. So they're awful, uh, young and they're tough to get in the gate and they break poorly, but, uh, the, the next crop's on their way up and uh, that's what makes the world go round. Every January one, there'll all be three year olds and here we go again.
2: Good stuff, Brian. Well, you know we, we certainly appreciate the call. The, um, um, the feud, which is apparent between Brian the insider and Carolina Steve just really is gaining momentum these days. Um, you know whether Charlie Strong will end up at Florida or he'll stay loyal to Louisville is is the real divisive topic between the two. But Brian, we look forward to that feud escalating and maybe a pay per view matchup in the future between the two of you. Um, thank you very yeah, much for get us
7: on the same get us on the same line at the same time. We can talk <laughs> this out. I think he does a great job. I enjoy his NASCAR. He's got some great insight. I disagree with him on that that one point, but I, I like his. Uh, when he calls in, he's a great caller. and uh, But uh, I just think it's awful. It's a shame that all we're talking about after a 72 to nothing run uh, is Charlie Strong with about four or five scenarios having to happen and then him turning his back on Louisville, who's the only school that gave him his start. But uh, one last thing, guys, I'll leave you with. They trotted out the uh, 1993 uh, Louisville Cardinals at the game mm-hmm. yesterday, and I saw one of the great Cardinals in any sport, and that was Big Ted Washington. He proved his medal in the NFL, and uh, my goodness, hats off to Ted Washington.
1: I'll close it on that, fellas. All right. I was able to get a good shot of that uh, that, that, uh, recognition that they got at the game yesterday. Were
2: you? Ted Washington, as far as guys who go on to have success in the NFL, Johnny Unitas, obviously,
1: Mm -hmm. great NFL
2: quarterback, didn't have as prolific of a career while with the Cards. Ted Washington was a four-time Pro Bowl selection, Super Bowl champion with the Patriots, three times he was an All-Pro. Ted Washington was up. Maybe the epitome, maybe the greatest nose tackle in the history of the sport, Louisville Cardinal. You yeah, gotta love great. it. Yeah, gotta love it. We do uh, have uh, a,
1: spe- speaking of football, we're gonna stay on the topic of football, but we're gonna go into a little different element of football that's right here in the city of Louisville. Uh, on the line, we have uh, one of the head coaches is gonna break down the science of what's going on with this new league that we have here in Louisville. We've got Daryl Griffin Jr. Griff, are you there? Yes, how you doing? I'm hey, doing good. Appreciate you calling in, uh, uh to talk about what's going on, what you guys got going on in the city of Louisville. I think it's very interesting and people need to know about it. But we're we're gonna be talking about some women's football right now. I know right now you're the head coach of the Fast and Furious Falcons, which is a powerpuff league, correct? Yes it is. And you're also involved uh, we, with the Derby City Women's Football League.
8: Yeah, exactly. I'm the, uh, just got the offensive coordinator job with the Derby City Football League and that's uh, actually a women's tackle football league and uh they play at the old Cardinal Stadium. We, we're getting our workouts done, getting prepared for the season, and uh, starting in March.
1: And I, now, I've actually uh, had the pleasure of meeting some of the ladies with the Derby City Football League and also the Power Puff League. And let mm-hmm. me t- let people know, the, these women are serious about oh, yeah, about this is. league. They're hitting in the Derby City Football League. I mean, it, it's, some, it's, it's some real action going on out here, and it's very entertaining. And by any means, do not uh, – you just try to uh, say that these women aren't out there competing on a high level because they, they are.
8: Yeah, they take it very seriously. They're very competitive. Uh, uh, when I first came out and uh, checked the ladies out, I was kind of impressed being a former athlete myself and playing football. And uh, they got the gear on, man. They're, they're hard-nosed. They're out there hitting hard. And, and you know, they, they're they trying to play good sports and, and, and good football, not to compare it to the men, but, you know, make a name for themselves.
1: Now, the, the Derby City League, I know, has been in existence for a couple of years now. Is that correct? Yes, it has. Uh, yeah.
8: Actually, um, the first women's team, I want to say, was the Kentucky Karma, And uh, then they tr- uh, crossed over to the Derby City Dynamite. Um, you know, they play regional games. We play in Cleveland, Cincinnati, Toledo, Memphis, you know, surrounding cities. We've got an eight-game uh, eight schedule. And uh, like I said, man, it's very, very competitive. Uh, most of the uh, girls that's playing – have been playing for a while. Uh, we're still looking for new talent. We have a tryout coming up uh, next next Saturday at Seneca Park. And um, you know, if ladies is listening and you you think you got what it takes to play tackle football, come on out.
1: And once again, we got Daryl Griffith Jr. on line. We're talking about the Derby City uh, Women's Football League and also the it's Power not Powder Puff, right? Power
8: Yeah, it's Powder Puff. Um, okay. The league that we're in is called LOTG, which stands for Ladies of the Gridiron. And uh, that that's been going on for four years. It's very competitive. Uh, we play at Thurman Hutchison Park, right across from Cox Park. And you know, we got the games today. They start from three to six. And you should just come on out and check it out. And and the best thing about it, it's a growing sport, and it's and it's for women. Um, we really don't have too many uh, sports that's competitive in in Kentucky that is for women, and it's good exercise. The girls take it very seriously. And um, this week will be uh, the ending of the regular season going into the playoffs next week.
1: Now, I, I've uh, met uh, Erica Hurt, one of the players, and she, like I said, she's very competitive. I'm going to tell you, I, I couldn't get out. Kelly, I know you couldn't get out on the field to compete with these women. They were running circles around you. <laughs> like I said, they, they take it very seriously. How can someone, uh, what's the website? How can they uh, find out more information about the leagues, and if, especially if they want to get involved?
8: Oh, yeah, it's uh, the, the the website to the league. is called Ladies of the Gridiron, and you just spell that out. Um, it's L O T G. You can go on there. You can check it out. We got full stats. We got uh, a nice gallery of pictures and videos. You can upload from YouTube, uh, week by week, and you can just check it out for yourself. We got a lot of a lot of ladies that's playing in the Powderpuff League. Is former athletes in uh, different genres of sports. You got uh, former basketball players, uh, Asia Mathis, who was a state champion for Iroquois High School. She's out there playing, and uh, we got a lot of great talent, man. And the age frame is from 21 to 40. And they are out there very competitive, and don't don't think that the forty year olds is taking it easy on the on the younger girls because they're they're the most competitive, and they've been around for a while. They have a team called CCC, and you know it's 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 very entertaining. Uh, we got a good fan base; a lot of people come out. Uh, my father comes out. Ray John Rondo was out there before he went back to camp. D- Derek Anderson. So we got a lot of inner city uh, celebrity support. Like I said, it's a growing sport. You can go to the website. It's called ladiesofthegridiron.com. Uh, we're an eight-team league. We're looking to expand to 14 teams next year. And like I said, today we play at, at uh, Thurman Hutchinson Park, right off River Road across from uh, Cox Park. First game starts at 3 in the primetime game, which will be featuring uh, my team, which is the number one ranked team in the league right now. at 5-1, and we play my old team that I coached last year, which is called Glam Squad. Uh, it's a good look. Just come on out and support us, man. So
1: that's going to be a, a bit of a rivalry game right there. Your old yeah, team, it, it, your it, new it, team, uh, so they're going to come and bring
8: it. Yeah, they definitely coming to bring it. Uh, it's a former male high school uh, standout, Chris Porter, he's the coach over there. So that's a good friend of mine. And, you know, it's it's like uh, Rick Pitino playing against Kentucky again, saving going back against LSU, Phil Jackson going against the Bulls, man. So they got their uh, – they they the game face ready to beat their old coach and and I'm ready to do the same. Uh,
1: what what kind of uh, you say I know you do the offensive of coordinators. What, what, what kind of style do you run with these with these ladies? Are you uh, well, a air and rain and type it's, of off offense, it's a
8: seven man league and um, there's really no blocking, so it's really your skill position as as far as uh receivers, tight ends, uh, running backs, and a quarterback and a center on offense. And then defensively, you got two rushes, linebackers, corners, and a safety. So it's sort of like a. Uh, which you would see uh, on ESPN with the with the high school guys playing seven on seven, and it's just a passing league. You got your flags around your belt, down set hut, and we 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 running the ball, man. And uh, you can run the ball. You got. I'm more so of a pass oriented team, so I uh, really don't use too much blocking. I have a excellent quarterback in the name of Tisha Bowens, and uh, a lot of people out there compare her to uh, Colin Kaepernick. She can throw a 50-yard bomb, man, and oh, wow. you'll come out there and you'll, you'll see it and you'll, you'll think she needs to be playing on Sundays.
1: Hey, man, if you ever need a photographer on the sidelines, I'm available. So let me know if I can come out and get some shots for you. Uh, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. You can
8: bring your co host man. Y'all can come on out. Yeah, we definitely cover Bring your
1: coolers and your lunches and just
8: sit back and watch some good football from women.
2: Darrell, what are the backgrounds of these girls? Do they play basketball or, or softball yeah, in high got, school. I got mean, got what, former, what type of? Uh, I know athletes, they're
8: athletes. Uh, okay. basketball players. Actually, we got one um, former U of L basketball player and Desiree Bird, who was on the 2009 Final Four team, okay. and she plays for a team uh, by the name of Bella Mafia. And um, you got you know foremost softball players, uh, soccer players, volleyball players, what have you. They're just athletic, man. And, it, and it's and it's a rising sport coming to the Louisville area. And you know if you if you got that edge and that fight to get back out, out there and be competitive, this is a good league to be in. Um, it's different because it's foot football for women, more so for men. You know, men started out at, at little league and moved on up to the to the high school ranks and so on and so on. So with the women, you just have to be patient and take your time. They're willing to learn, and you just got to give them that extra effort as a coach and show them that you're trying to teach them the game and and let them grow from there.
1: Well, Darrell, this is something, what separates our show from the rest of the shows is that we're going to cover women's football. So this will be something that we're going to be touching on throughout you all season. But I've got one more question for you. Yes. And I know it's a question you're probably getting asked all your life. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to sum it up in one word. Okay. What is it like growing up being the son of one of the maybe the greatest athletes that ever come out of the, of the state of Kentucky, in the city of Louisville? I
8: mean, it's a blessing and it's a privilege. Um, at the same time, you know, it's, it, it's it's it has its advantages and it has its disadvantages. You know, me coming out of Ballard High School playing football, um, I went to Ballard just for the simple fact to play basketball and football. Um, at the time that I was there, Scotty Davenport was the head coach. At I mean, on the basketball team. So with that being said, you know, you have your pressures, you have your pros and your cons. So I I, I kind of took the other route and, and played football just so I wouldn't have that much pressure on me as playing basketball to fill in his shoes. Uh, my brother, Jermaine Brown, who was a Mr. Basketball uh, winner from my third on the 90-91 team, he kind of conquered that playing basketball. So I just took the other approach and played football and ended up having a scholarship at the University of Louisville Playing a couple of years in arena football with the Louisville Fire, so you know, okay. with my dad, those is big shoes to fill. <laughs> with you know, with his uh, celebrity status, and and I'm just proud to be uh, the namesake of him, man.
3: And, you,
1: and once again, you're definitely leaving your own mark here in the city of Louisville with the uh, with the football leagues. Looking forward yeah. to uh, covering some of the games. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back That's on right. again soon to the recap the season and what's coming next for the Derby City Women's Football League.
8: I appreciate it. And once again, if you're trying to get in contact with anybody from the Tackle League, which is uh, the Derby City Dynamite, you can go to the website, and that's derbycitydynamitefootball.com. Or if you're just trying to get involved in the puff League and get you some exercise, you can go to LOTG, which stands for Ladies of the Gridiron, and that website is ladiesofthegridiron.com.
1: All right, there we, get there we go, everybody. Daryl Griffith Jr. talking some women's football. Like I said, that's what separates us from the rest of the shows, man. We touch on everything.
2: We're not always gonna be specialists in everything like we you know, our forte, we like boxing, obviously football and basketball. But like our caller from last week, if someone wants to call in and talk about tennis, or like Brian the insider wants to talk horse racing or golf, it may not be the thing that we know the most about, but that's what we're here for on the weekends, is to get you through to talk about the the weekend that was and the week that was in, in the world of sports, no matter what it is. Women's football, I think it's great, great call there. Ironman, Daryl Griffith Jr.
1: Yeah, I know you're excited to be a big Louisville fan. So, And like I said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with your Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
3: And
1: welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about the Lotus Guns Text Works line. Uh,
0: 414-1450. Shoot view, us a text. Let view us. was
1: blocked there a little bit. <laughs> Oxford, Flood, Ford, Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Please call in with your insight on what's going on in the sports world. Uh, let's get back to the NFL. Today's a big day. Uh, Sunday. Uh one of the most intriguing news news around uh the NFL this week was the trade with Trent Richardson, oh, Richardson from Cleveland this is good stuff. to Indianapolis. And uh Trent being on my fantasy squad, I played cl- uh, close attention to this trade and I'm actually happy that he's leaving Cleveland and going to Indianapolis. I think he'll give me more touchdowns and more points uh versus what he's done the first two weeks, which is absolutely nothing. So my question to you is, is it has tank for Teddy began for Cleveland? <laughs> Something along those lines. Yes. You know, there's the legendary
2: trades where I believe the the Cowboys and, and um, Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Jones pulled the trigger on trading Herschel Walker away yeah, yeah. for all these draft picks. I mean, he was what, a number two? I think two? that what they're trying to do is something like that. I'm not a Browns fan, so if I were... It would be a little bit different. Was he number two? I think he was fourth overall. But But uh, that's extremely high uh, for a running back. For a running back, first round pick. You
1: don't see that nowadays uh, with running backs. I
2: mean, you saw the Bengals do it with Kajana Carter, which was the dumbest pick ever. But aside from that, you don't see running backs taken that early in the first round. Even Adrian Peterson, who is as surefire of a a, um, first round pick, he fell a seventh overall. People thought so highly of Trent Richardson. They took him fourth overall.
1: Yeah. I mean, to Mike, the, Mike Holmgren, they, he believed in him. and He actually uh, criticized this trade uh, that was made earlier this week. Uh, of course he would because he, he drafted Trent Richardson, so that's expected of him. But, uh, I mean, Cleveland traded a building block for pieces of a block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, is that, what message did that send to your team in the locker room? You give away your best player? for, for It's obviously saying you don't want to win now. Yeah, they they're not saying that they
2: say they still think that they're a um a a playoff caliber team, but you know the the I think the highest paid player on the team now is um left tackle Joe Thomas. And he came out and made a statement, which I agree with completely, that it's a classic case of different general managers, different management coming in and they you know like Rex Ryan in New York. They want their guys. Rex Ryan's going to be fired. He's a dead man walking. Everybody yeah. knows that. When you come in, you want your guys. You, and I don't blame them. You you want to be held accountable to your mm. um you don't want to get fired 5 years from now and go, "Man, well, I didn't draft that guy. I didn't want him." Philosophically, the general managers of the or the general manager of the Browns, his name's slipping me right now, I don't disagree with his theory or his thought process, which I'm assuming is his thought process, is you can get a guy like Arian Foster who wasn't even drafted.
1: Wasn't even drafted, yeah.
2: You get a guy who runs in there and is big and strong. You know, there's, The list goes on and on about guys like that. You need to build the offensive line. You need to build a defense. Quarterback. Quarter, you need a quarterback. You can't have an old man, Brandon Whedon, who's 37 years old and only in his second year in the NFL. You don't need – I mean, they need – they know what they need, and they're going out, and they're taking drastic measures to do that. I don't have a problem with the trade but from the Browns' perspective. If I were a Browns fan, maybe I'd feel a little
1: differently, but I like it. It's aggressive. Well, it's, of, it's newsworthy. And this is something they've done before. They've traded away people for, for pieces of a building block, but I'm glad you brought up the fans. Do we have any David Letterman music? Probably not. Uh, but I have my top five reasons why Cleveland fans are the saddest fans of all time. Top five. Number five. Michael Jordan's jumper. They've never recovered from that until LBJ. Craig Elo. Number four, the Browns become the Ravens and win two titles in Baltimore. (laughs) Art Modell, the ghost of Art Modell. Number three, LeBron takes his talent to South Beach and wins two championships. Yes. Number two, the Indians are just freaking terrible. (laughs) The number one reason why they're the saddest fans of all times. Nice, Adam. They trade Trent Richardson to Indianapolis while the AFC North is down. This is probably the worst year for the AFC North, and they get rid of their best player when they finally have a chance to compete. Fair, fair point. Do you think they were going to compete this year? In this division, they could have, but after week highly one, unlikely. They could. I mean, Pittsburgh is done. They're they're terrible. Baltimore's offense is bad. Cincinnati, right now on the outside looking in, is the best team in the division. So yeah, they may have had a little hope if they put focus on what they have in place now. It's a good point. You know, I'm a Bengals fan, but taking
2: my uh, fan glasses off. Looking at it from a distance, the Bengals might lose to the Packers today at one. Bengals might be one and two after you today. You know what?
1: I, I think I was zero and ten last week, in all my picks. <laughs> so <laughs> we're
2: gonna still run down our picks for the day. But you got a good point. The Bengals very well may lose to the Packers today and be one and two. Yeah. Browns could have. They could they, they were. They they were in it. Yeah. They didn't think that Brandon Whedon and that this team was gonna do it. And I don't disagree with them. They want to win a Super Bowl. They want to leave their mark. They want to do something extraordinary. And that's what they're trying to do. They're so trying to are build they tanking
1: a, a, for Teddy.
2: That's a great question. If you read a lot of unbiased, not based in our area type, you know, blogs and, and articles, people seem to think Teddy is the, the surefire quarterback in this draft. I know there's been some pundits who come out and say, after some subpar performances, which he has had over the past couple of weeks, depending on how you're evaluating him, that maybe he's no longer the top pick.
1: I, I think he has all the t- he has all the pieces to be an NFL quarterback. He has the discipline. He lives the lifestyle outside of the uh, off the field the correct way. You know, he he seems to be the total package he's for an NFL quarterback. Yeah. He's got Floyd Mayweather type discipline and I- he's intelligent. You know, he he understands how to read defenses. He's he, you know, he's he's an NFL quarterback ready. He's NFL ready, I think. I don't think he's probably one of the best prospects coming out. I think Menzel's is probably the uh, he just has that it factor. You know that Menzel does. Uh, yeah, he he has that attitude that that uh I think brings a little bit of excitement to whatever team drafts him. Maybe honestly, I see Menzel being a good fit in Cleveland. Hmm. I think he'll sell some tickets. Be a good fit, fiery guy. You know. I mean, we'll see. But they they definitely. I think they're definitely going to draft a quarterback next year. They're not worried about a running back. Like I said, you can get a running back late late in the draft or even just pick one up at free agency. Running backs come a dime a dozen now. We're running back
2: by committee. It seems yeah. to work
1: a lot of times yep. these days. I mean, I I think. Teddy
2: has that it factor. I'm a Cards fan, admitted Louisville homer, but watching Teddy yesterday on certain plays, I was watching the game on TV, even against FIU. He takes it so serious. He was, um, how do you say it? After the play, he
1: had he had handed the ball off and he went with his fake to wait, and I he tricked me watching TV. I saw that he. I was taking pictures of that, and I was taking pictures of him, and then realized he didn't even have. It was the ball.
2: probably the same play yeah, because he sure. actually tricked me and he had handed the ball off, and what that told me is Teddy, and this is the rap on that guy, is he takes this serious. He is not Johnny Manziel. He is the anti-Johnny Manziel. He rides out his fakes. He plays the way that you should play the game. I mean, he is a don't know. And you know what else he has? To bring me back to my topic from earlier in the show? He has that Joe Flacco, Eli Manning. He has that arm accuracy way down the field that spreads out the defense that Offensive coordinators in the NFL have to love. So, I mean,
3: yeah.
2: I don't think that there's any doubt Teddy's the top quarterback out there.
1: I mean, what do you think? think for Teddy, I mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think Cleveland, well, I think if Cleveland's going to draft a quarterback, I don't think Teddy, is, I don't think Teddy will fit in that, in, that, in, that, in that. Well, I don't know the staff because we don't know what they're gonna, they have in store, but I don't think he fits in the Cleveland Brown uniform. I can see Menzel in the uniform of Cleveland Browns. I can't see Teddy in the uniform of the Cleveland Browns. Right, really? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, Cleveland has a history of just, dist- you know, Tim Couch. I think he would have been a decent quarterback if he had an offensive line. He got put in a bad situation. He got drafted by the Browns. I don't disagree with that. Uh, he was getting killed on every play. No offensive line at all. There's all sorts of examples of guys yeah. like David Carr come in. Offensive
2: line sucks. You get the yeah. hell knocked out of you and you're done.
1: You know, the the artists formerly known as Cleveland, uh, right now, the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> I mean, they, uh, I think they, they took a lot with them when they left Cleveland. The city of Cleveland, they took the winning. They took winning uh, out of Cleveland swagger. I mean, if you think about it, they've Cleveland has only averaged five wins the last ten years. Wow, they've averaged five wins a season the last ten years. I mean, I I just this this new Cleveland team. I mean, I I I can't see them ever being good in my lifetime. And people
2: always talk about the lack of parody in boxing. I always referenced well that what people like is parody. They like when Muhammad Ali would lose and then someone would dethrone him and then he would have to regain his title. NFL is inherently set up with a structure that promotes parity, mm-hmm. so I don't doubt that the Browns have the potential to come back. They have sucked since they since they are uh, they came back to the city, but I, they could they could be good over the next five years. Teddy could be a part of that.
1: Well, we'll see. It's, it's definitely uh, interesting. I'm glad Trent's gone. Hopefully, he can give me some uh, mega uh, fantasy numbers tonight. Yep. tonight. Brings us to a whole nother yeah. topic. Is what is this going to be a Peyton Manning, Edgar and James type combo, 2.0 in Indianapolis? I think it's a good fit for for Trent. You know, you gotta he, he never he he hasn't had a quarterback. But if you think about it, Trent Richardson only ran for the rushed over 100 yards three times last year. Played hurt a lot. So I think this gives him the opportunity. I think he'll be more of a goal line. Not rushing for a lot of yards, but he'll get maybe a couple of touchdowns a game here and there. So they'll definitely use him on the goal line. He's more of a north-south runner. He doesn't really uh, do a lot of juking or, uh, you know, fakes or anything like that. He's just straight north-south, up the middle. But I, I think it's a good fit with Indianapolis uh, with a quarterback like Andrew Luck. Uh, I mean, I-, I think it's a great trade for Indianapolis. Great deal. They got a quality running back. First-round pick. And I
2: don't have a problem with it from the Browns' perspective.
1: Well, we just don't know what we're gonna what they're gonna get. You know, no. you know they got they got number one draft picks. It was a good return return in the investment, but it, it may be a flop. They've done this before <laughs> with a draft well? Yeah, so I mean, it happens.
2: You know, there's a lot of other NFL games on the docket today. I don't know. You know, Carlo and I've gotten into a habit where we like to run down the games. Um, who are your Giants playing today?
1: The Panthers. Yeah, they're, they're both zero and three at at Carolina. Uh, I mean, they're both 0-2, so this is a must-win game for both teams right now. Must win. Uh, Whoever loses this game is going to be in in, in for a long season. So uh, Cam Newton, he's going to have to step up to the plate. But, of course, I'm going to be rooting for my New York Giants to win this game. Uh, Eli's going to come out and shine, be the knight in shining armor. So I'm I'm picking the Giants 27-13, containing Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't have any weapons, man. I mean, really, uh, the, their quarterback is, uh, what's his name, Rivera? He, he's under some pressure right now. Their offensive coordinator? No, nah, he's the head coach, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was the, the offensive coordinator at uh, San Diego okay. like a while back. But he is he's under, the head coach, you're right. He's under pressure right now at Carolina to, to show some results. So if he doesn't win tonight, then his his job's going to be in question to see how they move forward in the foreseeable future. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back with more NFL. We're going to break down some games, make some picks. Uh, we'll be right back with your Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Weekend Sports Buzz. Go!
2: Wow. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports we For Carlo Kellum, I'm Kelly Patrick. We're going to jump back to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line. We got our man, Indiana Mike, on the line with us. I think he's going to drop some historical NFL, maybe draft day trade um, references. Mike, what do you have for us?
4: Well, I called you twice this morning, and I hate to take up your take time. But the worst trade ever in NFL football was when the Browns traded Paul Warfield to the Dolphins for a number one pick. The next year was quarterback Mike Phelps from Purdue. He flunked out to be a a, a bozo. Played, what, two years?
2: Paul Warfield. All right, now, Mike. Let's see. All right. What year was it? 1970. It says Dolphins. I found it, Mike. 1970. Dolphins obtained Paul Warfield. From the Browns, okay? Right. So somewhat right. similar type of reference you have here. Obviously, you were following it at the time. That was a little bit before my time. But the Browns m- made a gamble, and I guess it didn't pan out in their favor, did it?
4: He played, what, w- w- one year? And then it, it, it end up, it end up
3: uh, yeah, you're right. with the
4: Bears <laughs> and then and, and out. Mike, so here we go again. Just repeat yourself. The, the Browns gave way, Richardson, t- to, uh, you know, it's gonna be another it's gonna
3: be another bozo. I
4: don't know.
2: Only time will tell. I, I use the example there, Mike, of the the famous Herschel Walker trade. You got the overvalued running back. Why not unload him and get multiple draft picks? The difference between the two here, I think, is they got multiple draft picks for Herschel Walker. They got one first round pick for this Trent Richardson. So I mean and, and don't get me wrong. It is in an era which they've now restructured the salary cap in the NFL, which makes it less of a burden to have first round picks. Is from a salary cap perspective. Mm-hmm. That's just a couple years old. Um, but only time will tell, Mike. I mean, what do you th- you think this is a horrible trade for the for the
4: Browns? No question, because they, they, they traded Warfield. They, they traded Warfield to the Dolphins, and they won two Super two Bowls back to back with Warfield. Warfield Clayton, playing, playing Duper. So, you know, you know, rounds are famous. get,
1: get people away. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm After glad they, you –
4: There
1: was some interesting history did. you brought up right there. So I
4: that, mean, Cleveland always makes – that's the worst trade ever in the history of sports. Wow. All right.
1: There we go. Indiana Mike. Hey, Mike, we appreciate you calling in, man. Good Thank insight, you. good history on that trade right there, the comparisons <laughs> of how Cleveland continues – to destroy their seasons and make their fans, the saddest fans out there in the sports industry. You, you know what? Uh, I, I want to get back to NFL. but I want to make one quick comment. Okay. Where in the Sam Hill <laughs> is the truth today after the forty-five, to twenty-eight loss to Indiana? I'll leave it at that. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna call truth out too much. I like the truth, but he's MIA today after the big loss that Indiana took yesterday. So maybe he'll come out of hiding next week and give us a. Uh, uh some insight on what's going on with ndiu and and their struggles here of late as they were supposed to be the uh the big 10 uh, uh juggernauts this year so i don't know
3: Back to supposed to be the big 10
1: <laughs> juggernauts according <laughs> to the truth according to the truth so uh like i said maybe he can do some he truth you have a lot of explaining to do next week buddy so we hope to hear back from you but back to the nfl man a lot of great games going on today uh Chicago, Pittsburgh. Man, the night game. Pittsburgh looking pretty bad. The offense is struggling. Chicago uh, looking had, pretty yeah, good. Pretty good. Oh, two and zero. Oh, big win last week. Uh, I mean, I, I got to go with Chicago in this game. You know, Pittsburgh—they're not giving me anything. You know, the offense is terrible. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has no one to throw the ball to ever since the departure of Mike Wallace. They have no running game. I mean, what really, right mean? now they have no sense of identity on the what offense. What do you mean they don't
2: have any running game? They,
1: they they have no identity. How many yards have they rushed for this season? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring it up. Total. Yes, Carlo, I'm, I'm bringing it up. Total yards rushing, uh, I say less than 100 in the first two games.
2: Total yards rushing for the Pittsburgh Steelers through two games. Can I get a drum roll, Adam? Okay, he says no. Okay. 75 yards. Wow,
1: I was close. I said the, well, I was right. I said less than 100. For
2: the, <laughs> okay. 75 yards for your Steelers.
1: Wow, that's, that's not Pittsburgh football. That is not Pittsburgh but football. Th- what's the best thing for Mike Tomlin is that the owners of that organization will give him time to get this corrected. So he can tank this season and, and he they've can got come back next year and, and uh, redeem himself. So You're right. His job's not on the line by any, by, by any means. They know how to do it. Yeah.
2: I'm a Bengals fan, and I'm completely envious of the Steelers, despite the fact that they suck. Well, you know what? Because they're going you're right. They're gonna stick with them. They're gonna get some draft yeah. picks. They're gonna come back and next year, or the year after that, they're gonna win a Super Bowl. I hate to say it, but The Bengals are
1: kind of following that model, they're just not winning Super Bowls. They're sticking with <laughs> Marvin Lewis, which I love. Yeah, but they're just not winning any playoff games. But yeah, uh, but Pittsburgh, man, I, I hate to see them crumble like this, but sometimes you gotta tear down and rebuild you know maybe this is one of those situations where they knew they were going to be tore down this season and they, and maybe uh, Ben Roethlisberger's tenure has run as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers no. it's, it's, ma- so? it's maybe too soon to say but uh, right now is it, I mean it, they're not very good I mean how old is Dick LeBeau he looks like he can bench press 500
2: <laughs> pounds but he's 76, so I guess he maybe doesn't have that many years left in the tank. But they're still going to run that Lamar Woodley-type um, outside linebacker, um, you know, 3-4 defense. They're still going to do that. They may not be as good at it this year, but they're going to keep the core intact. I think that Ben Roethlisberger has many years ahead of him. And it's. I know it sounds like I am a, you know.
1: He a, lost his mojo it, when he got buried. <laughs> that's
2: your theory, and, and I'm okay with that. It's For some people, getting married takes it out of you. And, and, you know, if you're not able to go sexually assault women in public restrooms like Ben Roethlisberger loves to do, <laughs> that's his thing. I think he would do that before every game. Yeah, a bit controversial, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Okay. 31 years old is Ben Roethlisberger and Carlo <laughs> Carlo. I'm you sorry, think, but they got me right there. You think his run is the quarterback for the Steelers? Maybe about over? Is no, that what, what you You know saying? what?
1: It's, it's too, it is too soon to say in the first quarter. We're, just, we're still in the first quarter of the season. Let's not forget, last year in the first quarter of the season, uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals were 4 0. It's too early to say a lot of these things, but we're all just making assumptions based off the product that we see right now. But right now, it's not looking too good they for the suck. Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: 75 yards rushing through two games.
1: Yeah, that that's bad. I, I mean, don't have a
2: calculator, but that means they're
1: not running the ball very. Well. I, I wonder who has, their average yards per carry is. Low. Who has the most total yards this season, Pittsburgh or Jacksonville? If they have less total yards than Jacksonville, then they really do suck. Total
2: yards. I'll try to bring that up. Actually,
1: other big games on the uh, on the uh, agenda for today's uh, Sunday football: San Diego at Tennessee. Uh, San Diego came out with the big win last week against uh, Michael Vick and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Philip Rivers actually had a pretty good game last week. I thought. I think yeah, he he's did. coming into uh, connected
2: with his old buddy Eddie Royal yeah. somehow
1: in the in the end zone multiple times. So yeah, that that he looked pretty sharp last week. Tennessee looks pretty good with Jake Lockler as quarterback. They're uh, you know, what's th- the record? I think they they lost last week, right? They're, they're one and
2: one. I'm, the reason I was shaking my head there, Carlos, I did look it up. Jacksonville has four hundred twenty six total yards on the season, so they're dead last. Oh, they are. Like, Pittsburgh's okay. 472. Rather really close. Who's right ahead of them? Tennessee with 477. Oh,
1: wow. So that's why I was shaking my head. <laughs>
2: but the, the object is to win the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, they lost a close game last week. Tennessee did in overtime. Uh, so they, uh, I mean, they, I, I thought they looked pretty good in week one of the season. Uh, and, of course, I had picked them to lose the first game of the season. But Tennessee beat Pittsburgh, so I guess there's not much said about that, 16-9. That was the first game of the season. And they lose last week uh, in overtime to Houston, who is a pretty good ball team, I think. I think Houston's pretty good. And they hung in there in, in overtime, and you know they just didn't get the last, the last final blow. But they to, got J.J. Watt. Is it, I don't know. Is Ed Reed playing this week?
2: Tennis, or I'm sorry, Houston on paper is supposed to be really good every yeah, year.
1: Every year, you're right.
2: And now I think Andre Johnson may be hurt. Is he hurt?
1: Uh, I have to go to my fantasy injury report. I'm not sure about that one. I'll pull okay. it up here in a second. But in this game, of course, I'm going with the Houston, uh, Texans to win at Tennessee in Nashville, uh, cleanly. Uh, let's see here. I- I'm saying, uh, 28, 28 to thirteen, San Diego. Don't see Tennessee putting up a lot of points in this game. Uh, so I- I'm not, I'm not sure uh, that they'll they'll compete. <laughs> okay, what what do you think about yep. um, coming off of the another
2: game here? 0-2 Vikings playing against the 0-2 Browns. Is this where Adrian
1: Peterson and the Vikings can start a run for themselves? Well, maybe he could put himself in the— MVP? Not MVP, but back in the stats for his 2,500 rushing mark. He'll probably get about 300 tonight against Cleveland.
2: Yeah. Okay, what other games stand out to you? Lions and Redskins. Is
1: RG3 going to redeem himself? RG knee. RG I don't know. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins being put in place for R.G. Knee. Uh, he's looked pretty bad. I mean, but what do you expect? He didn't play any preseason football. You know, it's kind of hard to to get a gauge on how he's going to perform the rest of the season. I think he needs to get maybe a few more games on his belt to feel comfortable with that uh, surgically repaired knee. And like Adrian Peterson said, he it, it's different with Adrian Peterson when he came back off that knee injury. Everybody expects R.G. Knee. To uh, perform the same way as Adrian Peterson, but R.G. Nee has a lot more to think about. You know, he's in a pocket. He's reading. You know, coverages. You know, he has a lot more progressions to go through versus Adrian Peterson just getting the ball and just run.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a and that that comes back to the philosophical type um, uh, conversation. Terrell Davis, um, Arian Foster, so many guys. There's a, a lot less that goes into being a running back. You get the ball. Hopefully, you got some good offensive linemen. You run. You try to avoid getting hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not demeaning the intelligence of any of these guys. Jim Brown's a very intelligent guy who's a, arguably the greatest running back ever. Um, but there's not as much thought that goes into being a running back. You get the ball and you run. You just run. You're Barry Sanders. <laughs> you try to avoid getting hit.
1: You just run. I look at Adrian Peterson having a monster fantasy game tonight. Today against uh, Cleveland. Monster game. So whoever has him on their fantasy squad he may give you 20 points against this defense.
2: I've got him in one of my three leagues, so I'm, I'm really banking on that uh, today, Carlo.
1: So Adrian Peterson will have a big game. Cleveland, like I said, they're tanking right now. So I, <laughs> they might not even win another game. Who, who was the backup running back for Trent Richardson? That's who I need to pick up on my finances. Why? He may get a lot of touches today if he hasn't already been picked up already. I think that they signed Willis McGain. Yeah, that's right. He's waiting to pass the physical.
2: He's only 31 years old. Well, that's, that's what stood
1: out to me from that story. That's kind of old for when I old for running back, but he has a lot of miles on him. You he know, does, when he played man, in Denver I, the year before last, I so he I thought, thought he took his a lot career of, yeah. was over when he broke his leg in the
2: National Championship game in 2001. Yeah. I he, thought we weren't going to see any more Willis McGahee, and he keeps kind of like a uh,
1: He's got a lot of mouths on him, especially when he played in Denver that uh, the the Tebow years. He has a lot of mouths on him right now. So, it's, and he's going to, of course, he's going to get the ball out. So, be expected for him to get 25 to 30 carries a game with this Cleveland offense.
2: You know, I'm, um, let's see, I'm looking. I just got a gut feeling, and this is why our show is so spectacular. Based on my gut feeling. Wow. <laughs> I think that Willis McGahee probably is pretty high on some all-time lists. I'm going to look it up. Carlo, you think I'm out there by Yeah, I think you're out there on that one. Okay. Steven Jackson is there. Willis McGay, he's number forty
1: two on the all time rushing yards list. Forty two, yeah. He 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 may get into he may reach thirty thirty six or thirty seven for us all over.
2: Steven Jackson is at number twenty six. He's the highest ranked active player. He's injured, he's out this week. Adrian Peterson's thirty three. Frank Gore's number thirty four.
1: Any active running backs up there right now in the top 10, top 15?
2: No. Steven Jackson's the number one active run ranked, and he is 26th. Where's AP? He's number 33 with 9,042 rushing yards. Frank Gore's right behind Adrian Peterson at number 34 with 8,899. So I'm going down the list even further. Number 51 number 52 are Maurice Jones-Drew, who he's He's questionable. He he may play today, but he's questionable. And followed by behind him is is Michael Turner. Number fifty-six with seven thousand rushing yards is Chris Johnson. He's still possibly got quite a few miles left on his tires. Marshawn Lynch comes in at number seventy. Cedric Benson, number seventy eight. I don't even know if he's active. D'Angelo Williams. Michael Vick is ranked number ninetieth all time in rushing yards.
1: Really? Wow. I don't know. Sorry about that. I, 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 where, where's Randall Cobb? I mean, Randall Cunningham. I keep saying to say Randall Cobb. Randall Cunningham. Okay. He okay. should be, in the, he's not in the top 100.
2: If Vic is, but I was only naming the people who are highlighted on this list okay. who are um, current. So let me see.
1: I would think Rena Cunningham is. I, I don't close. mean to go off
2: on a tangent. There, we can go back to breaking down our. Um...
1: No, interesting fact. To see uh, who's where in the on the all-time rushing list. Atlanta we- at Miami is going to be a good game. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill, who Cleveland passed on for Brandon Weeden, they could have had Ryan Tannehill. I think is uh, he's a stud, you know. I'm liking uh, what, what the I'm liking what they put together in Miami uh, uh, with this new uh, new regime that they have in place. Mike Wallace, uh, he did get a touchdown last week, and also uh, uh, the the running back's name slipping me right now. But they have a pretty good nucleus right now at Miami. Two 0 Lamar Miller. Yeah, two 0 right now. Young young quarterback. Uh, it's at Miami. Atlanta doesn't have Steven uh, Jackson. I'm going with Miami in this one.
2: Really, man how how uh, how many fans would be just ecstatic? Because you know there's Dolphin fans everywhere. Oh yeah, we still got them out there, and there is a lot in Louisville in the surrounding areas. Um, you know they've got Brian Hartline as their leading receiver. Aside from that, they do have Mike Wallace, who's not getting
1: targeted as much as he would like. <laughs> Only two games, but he did get a touchdown last week. He did complain the first week about not getting enough touches, but they did win the game. Uh, classic it's uh, a classic uh, pre- uh, Madonna pre-Madonna wide right, right receiver thinking they win the game the only thing they're worried about is not getting enough uh, uh, touches on
2: defense I'm looking through this and I recognize the name Rand- Randy Starks but I don't really recognize any more of these guys on defense Den- Danelle Ellerby Phillip Wheeler I think he was a relatively high draft pick we're going to continue with all this riveting statistical analysis of the NFL and we'll be back with more weekend sports buzz
0: now back to the weekend sports buzz call in on the oxmoor ford lincoln buzz line at 384-1450
1: and welcome back to the weekend sports buzz with your host kelly patrick i am carlo kellum don't forget about the lotus gun works text line 502-414-1450 right now we're going to the oxmoor ford lincoln buzz line caller brandon Hey, what's up, Carlos? Hey, what's up, hey, Kelly, man? Hey, let's—we need to give hey. you a grand introduction, ladies and gentlemen. On the line, we have—I uh, <laughs> think—starting next week, the sponsor of the weekend sports Bus Saturday and Sunday show, the Law Office of Brandon Lawrence. Uh, I want to say thank you and uh, for supporting our program on the weekend, and we look forward to running hey. your commercials throughout the week and giving you as much as pl- 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 uh, m- much notoriety as we can. Hey,
6: man, I appreciate it. I mean, I love you guys so. I think you tackled uh, some issues like some some stuff that's kind of off the radar stuff, man. But I was listening to you talking about um, the uh, the fact that Steven Jackson is the highest um, at number twenty six. He's got the most uh, yards of any active NFL player, and I think probably people would be surprised, especially you know with all the years, the good years that uh, Adrian Peterson had, even though he missed that that year. But um, what I wanted to ask you was, what do you think that um you're going to see less and less yards from NFL running backs and a shorter uh, shelf life, in particular, because of the um lack, the 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 move away from the fullback, a full-time fullback, and a lot of teams' offensive schemes because they are kind of like pass happy and going for that uh, double tight end. Just want to see about your thoughts on that.
1: I think that there will be a lot less pro- productivity because it's a passing league now, and uh, I, I think actually they'll last longer now that a lot of uh, uh, teams are going to dual quarterbacks. I mean, dual uh, running backs. So you see a lot of teams that use two running backs in their systems, uh, which I think will probably put a little bit of a longer life on their career. But they're not they're not getting a lot of touches. This is a passing league. Uh, we don't see that run that ground and pound game anymore within NFL because for a it's not exciting, and uh, people want to see. They want to see the airway. They want to see the teams passing the ball, doing you know, catching exciting uh, uh, catches in traffic uh, with these wide receivers. But uh, the running back, uh, their role has diminished here. The last in the Roger Goodell era of the NFL.
2: I agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I think um, the Cleveland and Indianapolis trade is indicative of yeah. the outlook of many current NFL GMs. And I think Brandon brought up a great point. that the, the rules have been changed. Old school football. I mean, the, your, your father's Steelers. My grandfather's Steelers. That type of team doesn't exist anymore. And it, it's uh, evident by the fact that the Steelers have 75 yards rushing right now. <laughs> and those type of teams are sadly, in my opinion, going away. There will always be. I don't know if there will always be. But a guy like Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. who... Despite the fact that we are in a passing era like none other. Adrian Peterson's setting records. Um, but I, I think Brandon brings up a great point with the lack of the, the fullback. Many teams, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys, for example, had Moose Johnson when they were winning their Super Bowls. Jerry Jones is still there. He's decided, you know, the, the, the mode of the NFL these days are, we don't need an NFL back. so now Or a fullback. So the Cowboys don't have a fullback on their roster. Wow. a lot of H back, a lot of uh-huh. multiple tight end sets.
1: I think Buffalo is a good example of the dual running backs. You got C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson. Both of those guys they share the load. You're right. They're very both productive. So it's no longer a one back league, and you got to have if you're going to be a running back, you better be prepared to catch the ball in the backfield. You're right. So I, I think Marshall Faulk kind of started that uh, when in St. Louis as being that dual threat, able to catch the ball and, and uh, run out the backfield. He was more of a wide receiver in my opinion, than a, a running back in his years with uh, St. Louis. And that brings us right back to the Trent Richardson topic. Not, not as much
2: of a receiver. Trent Richardson is an old-school running back. North and south. He's north and south. Very valuable. He probably, I don't know how, off the top of my head how many pounds he weighs, but he is kind of a Corey Dillon or a, even a, the, someone, yeah. a Jamal Lewis. Or and
1: someone that said, that, he's that old-school running back. And last year, he only rushed for over three, uh, 100 yards three times. It's a passing league. So, hey. And, I mean, this year they have a quarterback that sucks. (laughs) And I know his stats because he's on my fantasy squad. The first week of the season I think he rushed for 37 yards. Last week he was like 45. So even in his scenario he's not even getting a lot of touches, and his quarterback sucks. So we're definitely going to a a new – well, I guess it's not new anymore, but the the, the running back – in the NFL is not what it used to be. Not extinct, but I mean, even look back a couple years ago where the, the Vikings knew they had Adrian Peterson,
2: who was the best running back in the NFL. What did they go out and spend their first round draft pick on? Toby Gerhardt from Stanford.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, a, a change of pace back. Why would someone do that? They already had that's the strength of their team. Why do they spend a first round pick being, you know, albeit that it is a late first round pick, but why did they draft Toby Gerhardt when they already had Adrian Peterson? It's because, just what you said, it's a two back league. Mm hmm. And so I think, looking at this all-time list, guys like Thurman Thomas, who comes in at 14th of all-time. Edgar and James, who's 11th of all-time. Wow, he's 11th? Guys who we remember. Jerome Bettis, LT, at 5th all-time. Curtis, my favorite Martian, Martin, at 14,000 yards, comes in as the 4th all-time leading rusher in the history of the league.
1: You know, I didn't see him as a Hall of Fame running back. He is in a Hall of Fame. He was longevity. Longevity is what put him he in He was Hall excellent. Of Fame. Yeah. He was excellent. He was. He was never an he Adrian was, Peterson. Yeah, he you know, he, he was, was decent in New England. And he was you know, pretty good. At, he was okay at the Jets. you know. But I, I didn't see him as a. I don't know. No, I agree with but you. He, I mean, he, no, fourth no, but all time he has to be in the Hall of Fame with that. But, but yeah. how, many, how many seasons did he play? I'm bringing it up right Probably now. about 14, 13 or 14 years, which is, which is long for an NFL uh, running back from that, that, uh, that time. Play he played t-
2: a solid 10 years. 10 years only, 95 to 2005. He debuted in 95 for the New England Patriots and last played in 2005 for the Jets. That was a different era, mm-hmm. even that 10 year uh, time span was just simply a different era. My Cincinnati Reds lost yesterday and they're now three and I'm sorry, three games out of first place in the NL Central. They're still slotted to go. Uh, you know, to the one-game wild card as it stands today, it would be against Pittsburgh, which scares the hell out of me. They play today at one o'clock. Bronson Royal takes the mound. I think there's still six games left, something like that. I'll do some quick math here. Um, if, if
1: they make it, we have to go to a game, uh, a, okay? A playoff game.
2: So okay. We're gonna say that right I'm now. open to that. I hope they make it. They're they're, they're going to make the playoffs. It'll be a one a one game wild card. Um, yes, they're going to make it. But I, I, if they get out of that and we get to actually see him play at Cincinnati, then I agree with you. I, we, we need to go up to one. I, I kicked myself for not making it last year.
1: You know, there was a, I think there was a record broke over the weekend or this past week in baseball, but nobody's talking about it. What record is that? Alex Rodriguez. Oh, you're right. That's so I true. 25 I saw that. He grand a, sl- walk-off. Was it a walk-off grand slam? A grand I, I, I don't think it was a walk-off. 25 but. grand slams is the most ever in history.
2: That's a great point. Nobody I saw that it on Sports anything. Center
1: late last night. <laughs> Nothing has been said about it, so I guess there'll be an asterisk by that record.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess like everything, I don't know. That's a whole different can of worms. The Yankees are are uh, eleven and a half out of out of uh, first place in the
1: AL East. Let's see the wild card standings. Oh, what about Derek Jeter, man? I feel sorry for him. You know, uh, what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do with him next year?
2: He's on, they're, they're only three games out of the American League wild card race. Oh wow! So two and a half out of being in the, the playoffs. Yankees? Yes. Oh wow! So there are nine games left for most teams Pretty in sure the Soriano has a lot to do with that. The Soriano has yeah. been hot. You're right, but still, the Yankees could make the playoffs and make a run still. And like you said, Alex Rodriguez is creeping up all those all-time lists. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it makes for
1: interesting October will, baseball. Will Derek Jeter be back in New York making the money that he's making? I think he will. Uh, Over age. History uh, tells uh, me he will. <laughs> okay, so he's making that money. He's not capable of starting that position anymore. I agree. So you think they'll still put him out there as the start, uh, starting – uh uh. Is he strong safety? No, and I said Shortstop. Safety, shortstop. At, <laughs> double S, yeah. <laughs> double yeah. S, yeah. yeah. So you think they'll still put him out there in that, in that position? I mean, uh, what else can he play? Can he be, he can't, he's not a D, uh, designated hitter. He's not really power hitter. He could a be a DH. Hitter. How many DHs can you have but on he's one not team a power the yeah, he's not
2: a power hitter. He's I mean, a good bat, though. Yeah. This is a different era. And we're, I know this is all, we're all over the place, but that's what we do on the weekend sports buzz. This is a different era of baseball. We're back to the days where I think that someone like Derek Jeter may be able to survive as a DH. We are not where um, you know, people are hitting 150 RBIs. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 at a place where someone who's gonna give you a solid at bat is worthy of possibly being a DH. I don't know. I wouldn't I love Derek Jeter. I'm not a Yankees fan. I met him one time, he was very classy, handled himself very well, I was very impressed with him. I wouldn't want him on
1: my team right now. Oh wow. Wow, you wouldn't want Derek Jeter on not my on team. Not on my team right now.
2: Oh. Guys, it's been a great show. I yeah. want to thank our, our sponsor, Brandon Lawrence, the best player personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville and the surrounding areas uh, for supporting us. All our great callers. Mike from Indiana making a, a, a splash with his his multiple calls. Yeah, he was
1: filling in for uh, I guess the Truth today who did not call in about his Indiana Hoosiers. I'm going to call you out again Truth. Next week you got some explaining to do buddy.
2: Join. Be sure to join us next weekend on Sunday I'm sorry on Saturday from 9 to 11 on Sunday from 10 till 12 and also on Sunday from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. For the Knockout Hour, we will see you next weekend.